You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to a new year, and I sincerely hope that your New Year's resolution was not to not yell at the TV, not to be frustrated with the Eagles, anything like that. Because if so, I feel pretty confident that you didn't make it through the first day of 2023 without breaking that resolution as the Eagles fall in one of the more frustrating games that I can recall in recent history. They fall at home to the Saints 20-10, to not only failing to secure the one seed in the first round bye, but they also fail to eliminate the Saints from the playoffs. And so with draft pick implications in, pl- in play as well, uh, with a Josh Sweat injury that we'll get to, it's really about a worst case scenario for the Eagles. Uh, I am your host for today's post-game reaction show, uh, Shane Half. I'm going to be joined today by Johnny Page. So uh, Johnny, man, this was a rough one today uh dare i ask how you're feeling after this one uh yeah very annoyed that was just one of those games i think you said like last week was frustrating but it was frustrating in a different way it was well we're still good but breaks didn't go our way clean up some errors today was just bad like i'm not one to criticize coaches a lot because they're far smarter than me they know a lot more than i do but some of the decision making it just felt like they were chasing the game really early on we can go through so many questionable decisions but it felt like a team that wasn't fully prepared it felt like a team that wasn't i don't know if they've got their eyes on the playoffs whether they're not all mentally there whether some of them are chasing individual records i don't know i don't really know what was up with it but the vibe didn't look good on the sideline from a lot of players they seemed as frustrated as anyone. Um, we'll probably get to AJ Brown, as good as the deep touchdown was. He cut a very frustrated figure at times. Um, it just—it was just all—it was, all, it was—it was a really bad overall. There were so many individual things holes in, and we'll sort of talk specifics. But overall, just yeah, a happy New Year. That's the perfect way to uh, in 2023 with a with yeah, just a very annoying loss. Yeah, for sure. It it just it felt like. I mean, first of all, the Eagles offense doesn't pick up their first first down until there's 11 seconds left in the half. They open with four consecutive three and outs. And, uh, you know, you you go to the first play of the game and the Eagles try to run a play action shot play, which those play action shot plays have been horrendous all year. And then they try to run one behind a backup right tackle against a bad run defense. And you get sacked, you're behind the sticks, and you go straight into a three and out. After your defense gives up a 75-yard, nine-minute scoring drive, you would like to give them some time to catch their breath, to adjust, but you go quick three and out. To the second drive, you decide to run the ball, and Miles Sanders gets nine yards on two carries. And then on third and one, you take him off the field. You bring on Kenny Gainwell. I don't understand the Eagles' fascination with Kenny Gainwell in short-yarded situations, but then you run... Like an RPO, I think it was an RPO with you leave Cam Jordan unblocked off of the edge. Like Gardner Minshew's any threat to run the ball. It blows up the run option. The 
just just a total train wreck. And I thought the Eagles in the first half, they really tried to run their offense like Jalen Hurts was back there. Every run was out of the shotgun. Every run, it seemed like, was leaving a defensive end unblocked. And that just simply doesn't work when your quarterback's no threat to keep the ball. We saw Dallas key on that last week. We saw the Saints key on it today. And, you know, the running game, I thought, got going. And I won't say the offense ever got going, but the running game started doing better when they started running more of the pin-pull stuff, when they got under center a little bit. And that just should have been the plan from the start. I thought it was a really bad job by Shane Steichen. Uh, in the first half and really for the majority of the game and just the offense as a whole. Yeah, you've heard, if anyone that's read or heard me for a while, running is more than just a play here or there. If you really want to commit to it, it has to be uh, sort of a, a mindset. You go into a game saying, we are going to run the ball this game. And it's hard to do. It's not an easy thing. A lot of teams can't just start and sort of some weeks we're going to run the ball, some weeks we're going to pass the ball. The Eagles can. And we said last week they really should have committed to it. And for me, committing to it means you come out early on and you you run it. I mean, very simply, um, you get some momentum going. You protect your quarterback. They played the game like Minshew was better than he is. Um, and I think they thought he was better than he is because Eagles take back up quarterback very seriously. But he obviously was not very good at all today. But we can go into specifics of Minshew as well. But I completely agree. I mean, I don't think Sanders was healthy because he kept coming off the field which is something. But Sanders had 12 carries. Scott had two carries. Gamewell had no carries. That's just, that's not enough. That's not enough for a backup quarterback against a bad run defense. And if you commit to it early, you can then start building your offense sort of around it. You can open up things for the quarterback. You can make it easier for them. That same drive when they started running the ball was, guess what? The uh, drive that um, Minshew looked best on as well. It was a nice play action uh, pass to Dallas Scott um, on a crossing route. And I think I tweeted with about 15 minutes ago, the Eagles just stopped running the ball. It was like they were chasing, they were 13-10 down or whatever, and they were they were throwing it like they needed a touchdown in a two-minute drill. They just really, everything seemed that thing today. They lost all sense of, dare I say, common sense. As you've mentioned, the um, RPO on, uh, was it third and three or third and two? It's not, we I talk about this all the time. The Eagles scheme is not that good. Um, when I say that, this is not Kyle Shanahan. This is not like uh, you can, can't just put any quarterback in there. The Eagles scheme is good because they just do the basics right and they've got very good players. And I've said that a lot this year. There's a lot of isolation routes. There's a lot of just curls, comebacks, go balls against single high. That's not Rockets science scheme. I can against a uh, middle field safety when he's one-on-one on the outside, but it works because they're better than the opposition. And today, they just seem to forget like the basics. We have a really good offensive line, even without Lane Johnson. Jack Driscoll's a fine run blocker. We've got a really good running game. We've got good run blocking tight ends. I don't even know if I saw Jack Stoll on the field today. He seems to have just vanished. He's a really good run blocking tight end. They just haven't used him the last two weeks since Scott came back. And then they made it far more difficult for themselves because they couldn't get in any rhythm. And offense is one of those things where if a play works, it's a great play. If it doesn't work, it's a bad play. And that's there's no such thing as good and bad plays. It's sequencing. It's you've done something well in the game, then you come back and use that later on to your advantage. And the Eagles just started so badly that they could get in no rhythm at all. I think the first play was a play action on first and 10, which is interesting. And then Minshew got sacked. Minshew just didn't want to throw the ball. They kept taking sacks. And once you get in that rhythm, you can't do anything. You can't build an offense. They, they basically had that one drive after halftime where they were like, right, we're going to run the ball. First down, second down. You could see it. And then they built off that. And I don't know why it took till um, the second half to get going because 
I still think the Eagles are probably the, the better team overall. And I think if it wasn't for a pick six, they might end up doing something that game. But you can't in the NFL just not play for a half. Like there's not many teams you'll be if you just give up half the game. And that comes down to Sirianni, that comes down to Steichen, that comes down to all the offensive game planning that went into that week. Um, it was just really poor. It was, yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm not one to just shout, run the ball, but there's obviously a time and a place of when you need to do it. And that felt like they clearly should have run the ball more. Especially when you have a backup right tackle in the game matched up with Cam Jordan. It's so much easier to move forward and attack than it is to retreat and pass protection. And the Eagles were just committed to running five out, you know, getting empty, sending your backs out, whatever. It was five out every play with a quarterback who is slow to make those reads anyways. So you don't need it to begin with. And Cam Jordan just wrecked this game because the Eagles offense didn't adjust. Jordan ended up with three sacks and four QB hits in this one. And he just abused Jack Driscoll. And that's not all Jack Driscoll's fault. The Eagles staff has got to realize that, hey, you just lost the best right tackle in the NFL and you replaced him with a backup. Maybe you have to keep a running back in to help pass protect. Maybe you have to put Jack Stoll attached to the formation over there and let him chip block. Like, There's just last week, you get a backup quarterback, you start accumulating injuries. Other facets of the game have to step up. Last week, your defense was atrocious. Your... Uh, Quez Watkins had the two you know, two interceptions that are partially credited to him, lack of effort plays. You've got uh, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott both fumbling the ball. You don't step up around your backup quarterback in a game that you should have won, so today didn't matter. It was right there. And then today, the defense steps up. The defense played fantastic. Anybody that's complaining about the defense right now, after the first drive, which it's not great to give up an opening drive touchdown, they allowed 23 yards per drive and they gave up six points and three of those were on a short field already. The, the Saints got 20 yards and kicked a field goal. The defense played outstanding after the first drive. They kept the team in it and they kept them in it and they kept them in it and the offense threw this game away. And it's on Minshew, it's on Shane Steichen, it's on A.J. Brown, it's on a lot of people. But the end of the day, the, the reality is nobody stepped up on this offense. It's on the offensive line. How many, how many false starts, illegal man downfield on Jason Kelsey? Like he, that wasn't an RPO. That is a play action pass. And Jason Kelsey, a vet in this league that started like 600 games in a row or something is six yards downfield blocking on a play action pass. He knows better. Just mistake after mistake that are uncharacteristic for the offensive line. You got to do better than that. The margins are smaller when Jalen Hurts is out. And today they were too small. Yeah, we spoke about this before the game about individuals, whether they're looking forward to other, uh, I don't want to say looking forward to playoffs already, but whether they mentally checked out a bit when Hurts was gone. The full starts were almost laughable on that um, on that drive when it was Dickerson and Kels. It was, I think they called one on Sam Arlo and it wasn't Sam Arlo. I think it was Kels again. And we all love Jason Kels. He's a legend. Um, but obviously, he made a, quite a few mistakes today. You're right to call it out. Um, we've got some of the comments coming in as well that I can see. And it's a, it's a fair comment from um, Patrick who says, we do blame coordinators. And that's a classic. That's what fans, that's what, that's what we all do. It's a very easy thing to point to. My thing is with coordinators, and this is where, um, and by the way, we're going to get to the defence later on for people listening. We will get to Gannon. But sometimes it can be difficult to te tell how good coaches are when the talent is that good. I have said this time and time again. The Eagles are simply so much better than basically everyone they face. Now, 
if the coach is to put them in the right position, that is also good coaching. But it's much easier coaching a wide receiver room with AJ Brown and Devonta Smith than it is coaching up, I don't know, Jordan Matthews from a few years ago as a wide receiver one. So it's harder. So in a game like today, I think where you mentioned the margins are smaller, that's where coaching has a direct impact because all of a sudden you're not as talented as you once were. The Saints defense actually is quite good. Cam Jordan is a good matchup on our right tackle. Minshew is a clearly not very good quarterback or today he wasn't anyway. So all of a sudden your talent level isn't brilliant. It's not as good. And that's when you start seeing, right, how does a coach adjust? And you mentioned loads of occasions, but basics, um, in terms of they still were thrown to Quez Watkins at one point in a contested situation on Lattimore. And that, to me, is bizarre. Um, people were very angry at the 4th and 22 that Minshew, um, and I agree, for obvious reasons. But actually, I've, I, I assumed, and the All-22 will confirm this to me, that actually Devontae Smith was meant to be like to try and draw them up, almost like a distraction, run a classic high-low, and then they had something in behind him. But actually, well, when they showed the replay, AJ Brown was about five yards ahead of him. He also wasn't first down line wondering what the call was on that play as well to me the coordinators on the offensive side deserve a lot of blame today because they didn't allow Minshew to get in a rhythm they didn't give easy passes early on they didn't make base plays early on to get a backup quarterback in a rhythm they never let the offense get in a run game um sort of flowing state where they could then build off it I mean I think Sanders knee was a problem today and I'm not going to go on a rant because we all have our favourite players, but anyone, everyone knows I love Trey Sermon. I've always thought he was, he's a good running back who you could use. But if you're not going to use Gamewell as a runner, Gamewell basically doesn't exist as a running back at the moment. He had one carry, basically. that should have been a touchdown, by the way. Boston Scott, I don't really see a major thing for him. I think he's used on third down. If you've got a running back in Sanders who's got a bad knee and you can't use him on first down, if you really go into the game saying we're going to commit to the run, you're going to need another running back. Because I hope, and I really hope, that the reason why they ran less today was not because of Sanders' knee. Because if it is because of Sanders' knee, then they should have been prepared for that. Because he's mentioned that knee injury all week. They should have had more running backs available to them. Because to only run the ball 14 times is not enough for a backup quarterback. And it's not just hindsight. This isn't just us sitting here going... Oh, well, they really should have run the ball earlier on. It was, no, go and look at the data available. Look at the EPA per rush of the Saints defense. Go and look at their yards per attempt in the passing game. They are a pretty good pass defense. And by the way, they got back cornerbacks. Even better pass defense than they were going into this game. You should have started by committing to the run and building the offense from there. And if it doesn't work, you can then adjust. But the last thing you can do is get behind the sticks early. The last thing you can do is stress your quarterback out to the point where the whole offense looks frustrated. It just looked like the game plan was wrong. It looked like individuals weren't ready to play and the game plan was wrong um, as well. And before we kill the coaches too much, because as Peter pointed out, there were some good things, um, as there always are from this Eagles staff, should we have a quick uh, Minshew? Yeah. That discussion. was a, that was something um, I, on the post game show last week. We talked about that we thought Minshew played pretty well, and I put out an all twenty two video during the week talking about that he was he had a perfect passer rating against the blitz, eight for eight with a touchdown, and uh, yeah. he had happy feet and he drifted in the pocket, but and it, he's obviously terrified to get hit back there, but he played well, and today it didn't work. He had that same happy feet. I mean, Minshew. I am begging you, man, just step into a pocket. Like there were so many times that tackles had guys 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage with a huge pocket to step into. And instead of stepping into the pocket, Minshew just runs backward out of the back of the pocket. Like 
no pocket awareness whatsoever today. Minshew, Minshew played an awful game. One of the worst quarterback games I've seen since ultimate since 2020 when, when that whole disaster happened it's the worst quarterback yeah. game i've seen an eagles quarterback play since 2020 and i think the thing is as well and this is where hurts has been so good this year is consistency is the most important thing to being a good nfl player but especially a quarterback hurts has not had a bad game now there's going to be a lot of hindsight now saying i mean you actually wasn't very good last week like no he started out really poorly but he had about four or five throws last week. I mean, you've watched Super 22. There was the ones at Devontae Smith on the sideline, the ones at Devontae Smith on the middle of the field. They were not generic backup quarterback throws. They were really good. But he was not there today. Like he looked, he looked stressed from basically from taking that first sack in the game. And after half time, he came out and it looked like he was there. We should have scored a touchdown. The refs killed us there. And I think everyone knows that. Um, but he just went again. The head was gone. Um, there were so many plays that were just either he was late, he just didn't throw the ball. Um, I don't think the coaching staff helped him out with the way they designed the offense, as we've already discussed. But at some point, you do need the guy to stand there and throw it. Um, I know that you have a bone to pick and with AJ Brown on the pick six, which I think is perfectly fair. But just on the pick six very quickly, because we talk about the difference in zone and man coverage. I watched this play a few times and I can't be exactly sure. It looked to me like the Saints are in cover four or cover two, some sort of uh, zone coverage. But the Eagles have got like four men on the right-hand side of the field. They're using a four-strong formation again. And the Saints only basically have two, uh, I think two DBs on a line of scrimmage and a safety back. So the Eagles are essentially four over three. Um, then they have a linebacker sort of edging sort of in the middle who's going out there to make it four over four. On the left-hand side, AJ Brown is split by himself. There is the Will linebacker inside. There is the deep safety. And there is Lattimore with outside leverage because he knows he's got a deep safety. So pre-snap, like, what are you looking at to throw a slam? What, I mean, maybe he's looking at Marshall Lattimore with outside leverage and thinking, oh, there's an inside throw here. But the reason he's outside leverage is because there's a linebacker and there's a safety inside. It's he's outside leverage for a reason. And also, because he's got a safety behind, he can then just fly off the ball. And I know you're going to criticise AJ Brown, and I do agree. He was he looked frustrated today. He didn't look right um, throughout the game. You could see he was annoyed at one point. Um, and I think that's where Hurts is so important as well, because maybe Hurts needed to just say, listen, mate, like, calm down. I mean, she's not got that. You haven't got that as a backup quarterback. It's hard to have that charisma of leadership to go up to AJ Brown and be like, listen, we'll be fine. Um, well, I don't think Minshew would have believed it if he had said it himself. But AJ Brown was just like, "What? What's the ball doing? <laughs> Why have you thrown it to me? I'm one on one with a safety deep, and that Marshawn Latimer as well. By the way, not the Saints like backup cornerback, like their number one cornerback. Pre-snap, that's just a really easy decision, and we can kill the coaches all we want. But at some point, the players out there, you have to think. I mean, like that's day one install. That's that's basics of of playing quarterback, and it just seemed a bit to me like I'm going to throw it to AJ Brown because it's AJ Brown. We need a big play." Um, and that's really poor because Minshew's not had a bad career. I think he's like 40 to 12 or something touchdown inception rate in his career. He's a good backup. He's got some good film out there with the Jags. I think last week he probably earned himself some money. Um, this week he might as well have held up a lighter and burned the cash in front of him because he's not going to get anywhere near what he would have got if uh, people had signed him after last week. Um, it was just weird. Everything was off, but... We can kill the coaches all we want, but I think at some point it does have to fall on the shoulders of the QB. Um, and I guess it does prove in many ways just how important Jalen Hurts is 
to this team as well because that team looked so frantic today. They desperately needed a calm, calm presence. And uh, Minshew was anything but calm today, sadly. Yeah, uh, there's so many things that go wrong on that play. First of all, you're in the shadow of your own goal line and you go empty. I don't know why. Uh, Gardner Minshew is so frantic about getting hit. And now put somebody back there again, help protect off that right edge, whatever. There's no reason to go empty. Minshew's not even good out of empty. Like he's not a running threat. It, it takes, it takes the threat of a run out of the thing. It's a whole different ball game when you go empty with Jalen hurts. Who's very good out of it. So you start there with the play calling with the coaching. That's, that's just putting him in a bad spot. It's obviously it's a terrible uh, read and throw and ball from Gardner Minshew for all the reasons that you enumerated. He should never make that throw. And then you've got AJ Brown who just stands up and lightly jogs his route. And does Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore is sitting on that slant. If you run your route, if if you go run your route, that's probably a collision at the catch point and an incomplete pass and you live to third and eight. And it's unacceptable for a wide receiver one who just got paid a big contract to throw a little pity party in the middle of a game with the game on the line and not run his route. Like he is absolutely complicit in, and it's not just him. Minshew made an awful throw. It's an awful QB call. You need, you need one, one person. There's three different people that could have caused a different result on that play. If Minshew makes a better read, if you get a better play call in the first place, or if AJ Brown runs his route, if one of those three people does a better job, it's likely not a pick six and who knows what happens. Yeah. And I think that's where we spoke about Quez Watkins last week as well. Sometimes we don't expect you to make a catch, but you can stop a disaster. Um, I have just looked it up um, as you were talking like the pre-snap look, and it is the most bizarre read by Minshew ever. He also just stares at it. And I'm pretty sure they are in the sort of zone coverage. I think it's covered too, because Lattimore is sort of, sort of half staring at AJ Brown, but half staring at Minshew. And I don't think he can believe his eyes because Minshew just, throws it and he's read it immediately um anyone that i talked about football and scheme and everything it's a numbers game it always will be a numbers game you put individual players and then you count numbers and hurts from empty works because we say it every week because you get an extra running threat it's a completely different ball game for example if i was to go back at that play uh, immediately i've got it up now the saints are in two high safeties on that play from empty which means what there's four defensive linemen and there's one linebacker if that's Jalen Hurts, he probably literally catches the ball and runs forward because you're five on five, which you never get with a running back. I don't think people understand the importance of a mobile quarterback. And I used to be a little bit anti the modern era quarterbacks. I grew up in the, like everyone else did, in the Brady Manning Breeze era. Um, and there's still a time and a place for that. Of course there is. Those quarterbacks are still incredibly good. Brady was flying today. But in the run game specifically, that numbers advantage is huge. And they kept going empty today. And I get going empty to make it easier for Minshew in some ways, but it's not particularly easier if the team has no threat of the run at all. If you look at other teams that go empty, we see it with Justin Fields. And um, we often see it with running quarterbacks. Josh Allen, they love it in Buffalo because it's the easiest running play in the world. You count five and I can't really get over that decision and by the way that game was not lost at that point there was three points down with five minutes left they could have easily got a field goal and the defense was flying it's an awful play um but yeah I, I do agree with you I do think AJ Brown lost his head a little bit I think um the Sousa Saints little safety who hit him earlier on and a little bit of a suspect call that was uh um, Matthew yeah Tyra Matthew honey Badger. yeah 
Yeah, and you could just see it was in his face a little bit and he wasn't happy. I mean, there was a free and out later on and he came away unhappy. And even when he scored his touchdown, he didn't really seem to settle down. Um, but on that touchdown, touchdown is a great example of just a player making a fantastic play as well. It was just a simple double move. It was just one-on-one -on -one with single high. It means you just threw it. That's not, it's not great game planning. I wouldn't say it's great design. That's just our players are and better than your players in one-on-one -on -one coverage. Route off the double move. Um, it was... Adebo was right there at the catch point. Oh. And Brown just got it. And I, I as I don't know what Adebo was doing. He kind of like flew off the side of the play there at the catch point. But yeah, they, they ran the little out and up. And unless you just happened to catch the replay, you almost wouldn't even notice it was a double move. The coverage was draped all over him. That was a great play. Yeah. I think people have sort of, I didn't realize until I went and watched him in the offseason how good AJ Brown is in contested situations. I always thought him as like a Devo Samuel, like slant and run. Every time I turned on red zone, he's catching a slant and sprinting 50 yards downfield. He's a big play X. I mean, he is a downfield contested. He can be a Mike Evans if you want that style of just big body. It's really strange. Um, what kind of player he is. He's a bit of a freak, really. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. And yeah, I, I can't go with that decision. That one's flummoxed me. There's a few of them, the, the ignoring the run and that decision in particular, but just how frantic Minshew was in general. Um, I think at the end, we'll talk a little bit about next week, but if Hurts is healthy, my goodness, you're playing him next week. There is, you cannot rely on that on Minshew. Um, sadly, at least one of us didn't tweet last week that they could have won the, they could have won the Super Bowl with Minshew and their quarterback because... If you had tweeted that, you'd uh, frantically delete that tweet and not tweet about it today. But I don't believe in deleting tweets. You have to own it. And I really did think he played well. And I went back and watched it with 22. And I wasn't, I think my opinion didn't change. And by the way, um, my best mate's a massive Jags fan. And I've watched about as much Jags football as anyone else. And he was good. Like he was not, they upgraded because they got Trevor Lawrence. Like who wouldn't? But he was a fine bridge starting quarterback. And he just had a meltdown today. He seemed to just completely lose it. Um, at least Jalen Hurst might now win MVP if he comes back and wins next week. That's one positive because you saw the difference um, from a leadership perspective. Um, the Eagles win that game with Jalen Hurst. I don't even think it's like a controversial statement, despite how bad things were. He just makes everything better. Good quarterbacks make schemes better. Um, they make players around them better. And that's the thing with Hurts that people maybe don't appreciate as much as they should is games never snowball for Hurts, ever. And you can't say that about a lot of quarterbacks. Um, you know, Josh Allen has imploded in a game or two this season. Uh, you know, even you just trace out Eagles quarterbacks, obviously Minshew today, Carson Wentz. He, he allowed games to snowball and he would collapse when things didn't start out right. And that's just not Hurts. We've seen Hurts throw a pick early in the game against the Jags and bounce back. Like things just never snowball. No moment's too big for him. And so, uh, yeah, he's... Absolutely, he's going to play next week. There's no doubt in my mind. And it's just so frustrating that he has to uh, because the Eagles should have won one of these two games and not need to play any starters next week. Uh, but here we are. So as we sort of pivot over to the defense here, a couple a couple notes. Uh, I did just see the Eagles said that Josh Sweat will be released from the hospital today. So uh, that's great news. Uh, don't No idea what it means for football-wise for him for the rest of the year, but good that he's going to be released. Hopefully no lingering issues there. And also uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did come back and beat the Panthers. So the Saints, despite their win today, they are eliminated from the playoffs. So that does at least cap how far that pick can fall, uh, although the Eagles did not do themselves any favors today. 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So let's flip it over to the defense, Johnny. Um, we spoke a little bit, you know, obviously the opening drive was a disaster for the Eagles defense. I'm firmly convinced the Eagles should take the ball in every game because it seems like every week they give up this long, just gut punch of a drive to start the game. And then they figure it out after that. But uh, aside from that, or maybe, you know, what adjustments did you see after that? But I thought the defense played really well uh, following that opening drive. Yeah, it's a good comment actually from um, Chris as well. I think the Eagles did play a little bit more man. Um, sorry if you're posting it. He mentioned that the Eagles play more man coverage and we speak about this all the time. Differentiating between man and zone with this defense is really hard, especially with Adil 22 of any defense. I think they did play a bit. We saw a bit of cover one dime, which I really like because Kayvon Wallace has apparently turned into quite a good uh, man coverage defender in the last two weeks, which is nice. But I don't think it was a radical difference. The Eagles didn't start sending cover zero blitzes or changing up what they did. This is where we talk about judging coordinators. Um, I'm not really pro-Gannon or anti-Gannon. I just I try and tell people what he does. And I do probably agree with his philosophy overall, which is if you stop big plays, you will you will ultimately be a better defence. And sometimes that goes into too much um, negativity. We are too passive. But even that first drive, I mean, dare I say, um, three third down conversions, all quite short. On another world, they that may have been a different story. Um, a fourth down conversion on a running play. I think on third and six, we probably would have been in the driving seat and Sirianni decides to accept a penalty. Let's not talk about coaching again, but second and 11, why? Um, the issue Gannon has is that the Eagles cannot stop the run in their four-man fronts. And um, we saw it again today. They got killed by draw plays. Every time it was like second and 12 and the Saints saw a four-man front, it was like run the draw. Hargreave and Cox go flying up the field after a sack and Kamara just came running down a yard game. Um, yeah, well, Slay and Bradbury are interesting um, in man coverage because I watched Bradbury a lot last year and Bradbury wasn't particularly good in man coverage. 
Um, you, I think people will be surprised. Bradbury is a really good zone corner. I think even Slay is better. That doesn't mean they don't use man coverage. It doesn't. That's where people get confused. It's, if you're playing cover four match and it's and you're matching up on the outside, um, I know people are going to kill Gannon because at the end of the day, that first drive is going to stick in their head. You can't, you could only judge by what the team does, and they continually, except for last week, play well. We spoke about last week. To me, it looked like. Um, the overall the scheme was pretty sound today they let the front four rush they gave them enough time to get home as a quarterback yes they've got elite talent up front you cannot hide i mean i couldn't believe how well graham played replacing josh wet today i mean that was rolling back the years or what they obviously have elite talent up front but that i thought they adjusted pretty well the saints are, are not a terrible offense and they're an awkward offense because Taysom hill is a weird player to play against they cause a lot of good defenses problems as we've said about the plus one in, in the run game even if you know Taysom Hill's going to run it sometimes it's not that easy because he can throw it as well but the defense seems to play with good discipline I will not be moaning about the defense usually today and in fact the big play of the way the Saints probably should have finished the game early on when they bowled it and kicked a field goal Bradbury got killed deep um, and I don't think that was actually straight man coverage I think that was zone but I think it was basically um where he ends up manning up the receiver because he's one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. Um, I thought overall the defence was fine. I don't think they're perfect, but I think you have to remember they've got some big injuries in the secondary that's still affecting them. And I would completely agree with that comment as well. Yes, sacks are a coverage stat as well as a rush stat because Andy Dolgen knows what he's doing. The ball will come out quickly if there is an open receiver. He's not an idiot. He's been in this league a long time. There was a lot of times Dawn was holding the ball. Um, why do you think the good quarterbacks are so hard to sack a lot? Because they get rid of the ball so quickly. So with Andy 22, I can't comment too much on the man versus zone. It looked to me like there was a bit more man later on. But by the way, the first third down of the game was man coverage. And it was Chris Olave beating Josiah Scott. So it's not, it's not always it's just as simple. Um, that is a problem the Eagles defense has got is receivers in the slot. But guess what? They've got a backup slot cornerback in. So if they had their starting slot cornerback in, that third and four man coverage call may look a lot different. Um, I thought overall, and maybe I'm being too generous, but I thought they were fine. I thought they gave up a horrendous drive one, which was really poor. They were passive. They gave up too many easy completions, but it was still a few third downs, a fourth down in there. Um, then I thought they took over the game. And to be honest, by the end of it, they gave up on the last drive. They were just like, we're done. <laughs> they had enough of sacking the quarterback. But they got some good field positions, the Saints. That was not an easy game for the defence. And Alave in there, Kamara, Taysom Hill, that's not a bunch of nobodies. They do have some good, they do have some decent players. Um, so I wouldn't kill the coordinators for that one too much. I thought the defense survived after a really bad start, and I might be being too generous, but um, yeah, that's I how I look at it. I thought the defense anyway. adjusted well. I thought the defense played pretty well after the first drive. The, uh, of course, it stinks that it came at a loss, but the highlight of the game is Brandon Graham getting double-digit sacks for the first time in his career, and he didn't just stop at ten; he went ahead and got to eleven sacks. So. Brandon Graham with 11 sacks on the year now. Uh, Hassan Reddick picked up his 15th and 16th sack of the year and uh, flashed us the little gladiator celebration after the 16th sack, so that was fun. Um, the Eagles now have five games in a row where they've had six or more sacks, and I believe they're now five sacks away from uh, eclipsing the 1984 Bears for the most sacks in a season. They would need four to tie, five to break that next week. So obviously in a loss that you know isn't it's not as fun as it could have been but i am really excited i'm really happy for brandon graham a, a career eagle 
a legend in Philadelphia. I was excited to see him get home for that 10th sack. Yeah, a few other things that stood out as well, just from individuals. Um, it looked to me like, once again, Kaiser White was a little bit lost in certain plays. Um, there was one in particular I remember where the time was completely wide open and it looked to me like there was a single receiver to Bradbury's slide, uh, side, sorry, which means they normally man up that single receiver. And normally the weak safety then plays over the trip side. So I think Wise is meant, uh, White is meant to carry uh, the tight end on that play, and he just didn't. And that was a bit odd. So there was a couple of plays he didn't look all there. Um, I have to just give a quick shout out, not to the defensive line as well, but TJ Edwards, I thought, was fantastic today. Like really, really good from early on. Um, well, there you go. Good timing. Ten tackles and two tackles for loss. Yeah, just in terms of the way he red takes him here on those read option plays, he seemed to beat blockers. He seemed to sort of beat, sorry, offensive linemen um, to the running back a lot of time. He just looked really good. There was a couple of passes he blew up as well. I mean, overall, I'm looking at the numbers just very quickly. The Saints had about a negative 0.1 EPA today, 42% success rate. It's not... It's the Eagles offense that cost them this game. I think overall, they've done a good job once again in the run game. Uh, overall, against a good running back in Kamara, they sort of managed to deal with Hill after the first drive. Um, but I think TJ Edwards in particular looked like somebody who was really good. Um, so I'm looking forward to the All-22 to seeing what they did in coverage. Um, but they've got an unbelievably good defensive line. If this defense, if the coaches, if the coaching staff don't kill them and they don't make miscommunication, they are going to be in every game this year because their defense just has talent. Eventually, they will get something right because of the talent they've got. Um, and yeah, I think Gannon sort of got his way. I was quite glad though they didn't start sending all that blitzes. They didn't panic. They just, um, they just sort of let. They trusted when what they were going to do on defense would work. And overall, it did. You can't really say much else. They allowed what thirteen points, less than five yards per play. I think so. You can't complain too much although i know we will because that's part of fun and yeah it wasn't we spoke on the way. epa podcast this week about how the eagles defended chris olave it might give some insight into how they would defend cd lamb if they meet the cowboys again because both are really the only good receiving option now that's not entirely true but by far the best receiving option for their team uh, and the cowboys put cd lamb in the slot a lot against the Cowboys, against Josiah Scott. The Saints did the same things with Chris Olave, and uh, Olave only came out of the game with 42 yards. So I don't know. I don't know what changes they made just from watching the broadcast, but that is something I'm anxious to look into on the All-22. I don't I don't know if they chose to bracket him some more like we spoke about, uh, but I am looking forward to kind of seeing uh, how that played out. Mm. So, yeah, I didn't see anything in particular, to be honest, that they'd done differently. Um, maybe a bit more man coverage with safety help so you can get up at the line of scrimmage and be a bit more physical right at the line of scrimmage, possibly. Um, yeah, they gave about 180 passing yards to the same. I said less than five yards per play. It's not exactly like a great defensive performance. We're not going to all sing home about it because of how bad the star was. And that does matter. That first drive does set the tone. I think the thing about Gannon's defense is just sometimes it just looks horrible. And I think people can overreact to plays because they just don't like the style. And I get it. We're all sports fans. You watch it and you want to be excited. And sometimes it's not that exciting when you're watching it live because there's four rushers. In some ways, if the defense, if we send a cover zero blitz and they somehow make a huge play, we go, oh, but at least he tried to be aggressive. And it's like, well, it didn't work at the end of the day. Um, the, the, the whole point of the defense is still we don't give up big plays. That's why that Bradbury uh, deep throw was a killer, because the Eagles cannot do that. 
And if they don't do that, I still think this defense will be okay because not many quarterbacks, I know there are a few, can dink and dunk for four or five yards every single time and not have any negative plays. Because today, the second the Saints had a negative play, that was it. The drives felt like it was over. They could not recover from negative plays. It was the first drive and they kept getting four, five, six, seven yards. That was the killer. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm not too mad about the defence. I think I haven't really got too much to add in terms of coverage or anything. They've got a really good defensive line and they pretty much saved us today. Otherwise, it could have been far worse if the defensive line didn't turn up like they did. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bring in Rachel. Rachel is our resident Twitter guru. Uh, Rachel has been monitoring the people's reaction on Twitter. I'm sure everyone's being uh, perfectly rational about all of this. Uh, do, do we? Ha- how are people feeling online? Do we have any good three words that we need to talk about? There's a lot of Gardner Minshew hate. Um, and a lot of people are, you know, in desperate need of just the return of Jalen Hurts. We see, I see a lot of run the ball, save us Jalen. I think that that was my favorite from today. Um, get new coaching. So the coaching staff is definitely getting some criticism as well. Um, it says Minshew isn't 2017 foals. Somebody said check Minshew's fan duel. I saw Hertz's MVP. Um, don't resign Sanders. So he's getting a little bit of um, criticism as well. Uh, just win next week. Make it stop. Hertz most valuable. Win next week. Minshew's got to go. And so, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the the um, criticism is definitely spread out. It's not only Minshew who's getting like harsh words and people are calling for him to get fired, but Gannon, a little bit of Miles Sanders as well. And people just want to see Hurts back. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. There's no doubt in my mind that the Eagles win that game if Jalen Hurts is on the field. Like it would have just made such a huge difference in Everything they can do, you know, like we said, things just don't snowball for Hurts. Uh, no, nothing ever is too big. I, I feel like I've never seen an offensive player frustrated with Hurts either. So there's just something about him and how he plays and how he carries himself that is magnetic and gets the best out of his teammates. And obviously Gardner Minshew didn't have that today. No, not at all. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, I got up just as you were talking, I got a tweet pop up from um at Captain Hoagie PA, who um, always tweets me, he's quite a good follow. And he said he was at the game today and he said, when you get the All-22, you are not going to believe how bad Minshew was. He says he could see the whole field and almost all of the sacks are on him and it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, I got that feeling watching it as well. Um, I think the All-22 could be an interesting watch this uh, week because we haven't had a bad quarterback performance. I think people have massively... Um, underestimated how consistent Hertz has been this year. And it's so hard to do. Um, I think he's been hugely, hugely underrated, actually, by, the, by sort of a lot of the media as well. And just the fact he just consistently does it. Um, and you're so right, Shane, about no players moan at him. He, I, I tweeted he is the heartbeat of the team. And it felt like it today. Um, you see why he took over from a, a previous callback who didn't play very well today called Carson Wentz, who uh, is the exact opposite. who just can't stay out of his own way. Hertz does not rise to the occasion, worry about things sort of spiraling out of control. He just plays his game, whether we're winning by a lot, whether we're losing by a lot. And I think that rubs off on the whole team and they massively missed him today, big time. Um, 
fingers crossed he is back and fully healthy. That's my only worry is whether they have to rush him back now. But I think he is well and truly needed now. And I was also like, it's just a terrible time. You know, we hope that Joshua is okay. You mentioned that, you know, he'll be leaving the hospital today. But the fact that these last few weeks, like these injuries are really piling up, it sucks. It really, really sucks. And next week is definitely going to be worrisome. So we'll see how things go. Yeah, it's it's not ideal to be stacking up injuries. And then in the face of that, it's not ideal to have to play meaningful players in week 18, especially somebody that's coming off of an injury like Hertz that may or may not be 100%. I think Nick Sirianni said in his postgame presser, I saw the tweet that uh, Jalen Hurts was close to playing this week. So I would assume he's going to play next week. But man, you just don't want to be in that situation. But it's where we find ourselves after uh, two, you know, back to back underwhelming performances by the team so uh, the eagles fall to the saints again 20 to 10 man that, I, I still can't believe it but uh rachel before we get out of here uh, do you have any final thoughts about the game uh final thoughts about next week that you want to get off your chest um even though it was a loss like you mentioned earlier the biggest bright spot for me was bg um, so just happy to see that he was able to, you know, accomplish that record um, in the past rush never fails. You know, I can always say that about them. So that's my biggest takeaway today, despite how frustrating and embarrassing and ugly this loss was. All right. Yeah. Always man, just such a huge Brennan Graham fan. What he's the struggles he went through in his early career to the strip sack and the Super Bowl, everything he means to the franchise. Just so happy to see him notch that 10th and now 11th sack let's keep going maybe we can get him to like 15 next week uh, against the giants i'm all for it uh johnny how about you do you have any final thoughts that you want to fire out there before you get out of here i think looking ahead i would be stunned if the giants rest players i think it's an nfc east game i think brian Dable was an old school tough guy i don't think they think they're going to win the super bowl in their first year this is about building a culture this is about for the giants building a team that people don't want to play in the future and showing that they're winners i think get ready for a tough game next week and i really hope i'm wrong and i really hope the giants do the sensible thing which is bench jones bench barkley who's had injury problems throughout his career They've only got about two receivers, so don't bother with them either. But I really just have a gut feeling the Giants are going to love next week. The story is going to be about them. It's going to be the, one of the biggest games of the week. And I think Brian Dable wants to build a culture of winning there. He's a very good coach. And I am nervous. If Hertz is not fully healthy, if the Eagles somehow lose three to lose that one seed it would be about as disastrous as anything they need a rest badly i think they probably needed next week off which is why this loss is so annoying um without getting too dramatic i hope we're not sitting here in a month looking back at this loss as a as a major part as why this season didn't end the way that we hoped fingers crossed the giants are smart analytical people and they bench everyone and it's 20 nil at half time and then we can play some Ian Book. Um, but I just have a feeling that Giants are going to play hard next week and it's going to be a stressful uh, Sunday. Insert the Dave Gettleman gif about analytics, right? Yeah, I, I think that the Giants are still, there's still players on the Giants that are still salty about how the 2022 or the 2020 season went down with the Eagles pulling yeah. starters and costing them a spot in the playoffs is it what was it a six win team i can't even remember now maybe it was seven wins 
Yeah, so I, I'm almost that. positive the Giants will be playing that. their starters next week. But that matchup's already happened this year, and the Eagles dominated it. The Eagles have to get back on track here, um, especially after this week. You know, the, the even if the Eagles won this one, somehow, you know, 20 to 13, whatever, we don't, th- Gardner Minshew doesn't throw that pick six. You, I still think there would have probably been some starters playing next week because the offense looked so out of sorts and to try to get them back in rhythm. So now now they're going to have to. Now that decision has been made. So uh, the Eagles lose their second straight game. It's the first time this season that the Eagles are on a losing streak. They will have to put off one more week clinching the one seed. Uh, unfortunately, that Saints pick is now out of the top 10. It's to 11th overall, but it can't go a lot further because they have been eliminated from the playoffs, courtesy of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us for the post-game instant reaction show. We're sh- we're sorry that we could not start your new year off on a little bit better foot, uh, but hopefully you enjoyed hearing Johnny and I complain about the scheme and the players and all that stuff. And hopefully next week you can join us on a victory Sunday as we celebrate the Eagles clinching the one seed and the bye uh, and then we'll all take a week off. We'll rest up. We'll, we'll rest up. We'll get over our podcaster injuries and we'll be ready for a playoff run. So uh, from the BGN crew, we wish you guys a happy new year and go birds. More to do's, less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.